0: Welcome to this episode of the NCEA Rise podcast. NCEA Rise is our family of religion and community assessments, assisting schools and parishes in the advancement of Catholic identity and mission. I'm your host, John Galvan, and I serve as Vice President of Assessments for NCEA. Today, our guest is Paul Escala. Paul serves as the superintendent and senior director of Catholic schools for the Archdiocese of Los Angeles, the largest Catholic school system in the country with 263 schools. Paul is a native of Los Angeles and he's an experienced executive with 23 years of success leading and turning around multiple K-12 institutions across the educational landscape, public district, public charter and parochial school systems Paul is passionate for academic excellence and he has advocated for children from all walks of life, particularly those who have been historically underrepresented and at risk. Welcome, Paul. Thank you, John. Great to be with you. It's great to have you on here, friend. Uh, Paul, before we get started, um, this episode we're going to be talking about pandemic uh, loss beyond the classroom and our Catholic school success. And you and I both know that. Catholic schools really did emerge as a success story in an otherwise nightmarish episode in American history, which was the COVID-19 pandemic. But before we get into all that fun stuff, um, maybe tell us a little bit about your, uh, your road to educational leadership.
1: Yeah. Um, thank you for the question. Um, I'm here like so many, uh, in our, our, our sector in education and, and, and more, uh, to, uh, Catholic ministry uh, uh, to this vocation as a result of a Catholic school teacher. Um, I uh, uh, was inspired uh, by so many of my teachers and coaches uh, throughout my, uh, my, my time as a student in our Catholic schools here in Los Angeles. And uh, as I completed my studies um, uh, in undergrad, uh, I started to consider what was next for me. And uh, I thought it was going to be law school and a career uh, in the legal field. Uh, uh, however, uh, it was the first opportunity out of uh, undergrad that uh, I really found uh, my calling in, in education. And it was through a Catholic school teacher who was elected to uh, the Los Angeles Unified School District Board of Education who uh, gave me my first shot out of undergrad and uh, served as his chief of staff. And uh, after a two-year commitment, uh, turned into uh, a glorious nearly 25 years uh, in K-12 education in a variety of capacities. But I owe that to a great teacher, mentor, and friend um, who really inspired me to see that uh, uh, this vocation, uh, this ministry, this field um, was uh, aligned well with uh, who I am, um, what I want to achieve as a contributor to uh, broader society and to uh, inspire and encourage the next generation to make this world uh, a better place.
0: I I love the way you framed that, Paul. You talked about your calling as a vocation, you know, not an occupation. And, And the way you framed it is, you know, vocation is it's who I am. And I think during the pandemic, that call to vocation, um, you know, that we're a part of something bigger than ourselves is frankly what allowed us to not just survive, but thrive. And so that gets me into the the question about, you know, what kind of losses did we experience uh, in our Catholic schools and throughout the educational sector for that matter? And, you know, I can say this when the pandemic dust settled, one thing that was clear to me our Catholic school teachers were incredible, right? Um, Our students barely missed a step in terms of grade level learning where, you know, every uh, every other sector within education seemed to experience dramatic academic losses. I just wanted to, I wanted to frame, you know, some context also around our conversation. And, you know, just a few short weeks ago on May 5th, 2023, the World Health Organization, they declared the COVID-19 pandemic no longer constitutes a public health emergency of international concern. And I think for so many of us, we probably turned that page a long time ago, but it was great to get that validation. And the interruption of learning, um, including an interruption to church and school rituals, right, that we're so used to, graduations, other kinds of events, It's had a lasting effect, and I think that truancy remains a concern in public education. Uh, In the fall of 2020, fewer than one-fourth of students nationwide were back in classrooms five days a week. Uh, 57% were learning remotely full-time. And at one point in December of 2020, the New York Times suggested that as many as 6% of public school students uh nationwide were not attending school at all. And what you and I know, Paul, as you know, superintendents at the time, uh, by contrast, fully 92% of Catholic schools were open for full-time in-person instruction or at least hybrid learning at the start of 2021. And then the most recent NAEP report, right, the Nation's Report Card, released in late 22, it showed that Catholic schools outperformed public school counterparts in almost all categories and in fact according to nape catholic school students performed at or near the top in reading and math compared to public schools coming out of that pandemic and you know lastly and i think this is something you and i have talked about in the past that if catholic schools were a state they'd be the highest performing state in the nation and they'd also be the most cost effective by a long shot and as a result of this i think because we saw early success Families flooded into our schools. In fact, we saw a three uh, point eight percent, point eight percent increase in our enrollment nationally that year, and we were all holding our breath, right, that we could hold steady with retention, and we did. In fact, we even grew a little bit more. But given all of that, Paul, that you know you and I lived it together as a part of the California cohort, um, what was your experience of the losses that we endured?
1: I've reflected greatly uh, both as a first and foremost, as a, as a father and a husband uh, that's that, that's my first vocation, right? Um, I reflected a lot on, on that term loss and uh, having the benefit of, of, of individuals in my own family who lived through um, World War II, Great Depression, um, serious, consequential environments that challenged individuals and society greatly. Uh, I, I, I'd like to think about this through the context of, 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 of loss in the moment and gain over time that we must achieve. And we're not quite along that path right now. And seemingly it appears that we're we're in this 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 post crisis environment where folks are sort of trying to hang on to to so much of of what um, they have lost, whether it was time or 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 gatherings or travel. Um, in our case, uh, formation, which I think you know, is an important element that has to be, really raised up and and honored that you talked about all of the incredible performance metrics. We talk about how resilient our ministry has been. Um, And it's because we don't see our our ministry through the lens of an occupation. Um, It is a vocation and it necessitates more than just clocking in and clocking out. Um, and, and I think that we were tested in ways that we hadn't been um, in a very long time. I reminded my, my my team and all of our principals and teachers and our family that our church has struggled through periods um, uh, over the past 2,000 years. Um, we have been challenged as a church and as Catholics tremendously and previous generations have paid it forward. This is our time. This has been our time. It continues to be our time more now than ever to demonstrate why in, 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 in the case of Catholic schools, why education is more than just a cerebral intellectual enterprise That. The reason why we saw what we have seen, in so far as 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 student uh, performance and academic uh, in uh, growth and and enrollment growth, is because we've been able to demonstrate in a very consequential time that, as it turns out, education is far more than just showing up and. Um, working through textbooks and curriculum, that it is an encounter with within a community of, 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 of learners, both children and adults and families that necessitate an ecosystem to become thriving, faith-filled individuals. And that it's not just an exercise in, again, intellectual um, uh, um Capacity, um, right. the losses, the losses that people experience, um, are temporal, unless we decide to carry them forward and continue to be in a loss deficit uh, environment. G- Christ's message to us is is to not do that. His message to us is to. Is to break free from the human condition and the preoccupation with what we don't have, instead of what we do have. And what we have, and what we learned is that we can't take our communities for granted. And in fact, our strength and power comes from the solidarity that we achieved during this time. And it has been our uh, our 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 our. It has been our, our our response to an otherwise dark and cloudy world. It suggests that the power of the one is greater than the power of the many. And um, we do live in a time, John, where um, our faith requires us to uh, really look beyond the temporal, to really think, uh, and 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 pray and care for one another in ways that are deeply challenging, particularly in a, in a, in a, in a secular world that uh, is antithetical to that kind of thinking, um, especially now um, where identity issues are at the forefront um, of, right. of, of conversation. So, uh, you know, the term loss I struggle with in the context of today, because I do believe as a, as a church and as a faith and as a ministry that, um, our work is always about the future and the future cannot look anything like the last three years um, or I it's hope going not. To perpetuate a self-fulfilling prophecy that children somehow can't get past that moment and time that, yes, deprive them of togetherness, deprive them of community, deprive them of moments and milestones, but that the future promises something more and that what we gained out of this time was an opportunity to double down on who we are as faith leaders, as faith-filled Catholics uh, and to uh, ensure that this resurrection moment um, is a uh, a moment that we inspire others to want to be a part of.
0: I think I think that's great. You said a lot there, Paul. And um I agree with you. Uh and I want to point I just want to you know touch on a few things you mentioned. Uh yesterday I was playing one-on-one basketball with my 12-year-old daughter and she's at a point now where um she can beat me because she's a lot faster than me. And uh, I I said something to her about lacking humility because she she's a she's a very poor winner. And she says, "Well, what's humility?" And I said, it's understanding that you're a part of something bigger than you. And that's what I heard you talking about, Paul. You talked about a loss of formation, um, that the way we educate in Catholic schools is more than a cerebral exercise. It is an encounter with community. And within that encounter, um, equally an encounter with the living God through Jesus Christ. I mean, that's our Catholic school mission. And um, that brings me to another question. You know, I mean, Catholic schools are communities of both faith and learning. And just I want to drill down on this a little bit. Just how did faith contribute to Catholic school success, maybe during and after the pandemic? Because I agree with you. The other word that struck me as I was listening to you is gratitude. I've, I think I have renewed gratitude in the moment, like moment by moment gratitude because of what we endured. And I don't know about you and about our listeners and what roles you all play out there in the Catholic education nation. But during the pandemic, I found strength that I didn't know I had. And it was only by the grace of God that I felt that. And I think you as well, Paul, Um, for our listeners, like, you know, the California cohort, uh, there's 12 dioceses in in the Golden State. And uh, when the pandemic broke, we would meet weekly, every Friday at noon over Zoom. And all 12 of us very much look forward to uh, to that gathering, to share notes, to share strategies, to share our struggles, uh, but also to share our unity in that moment. Because like you, you suggested, Paul, at the end of the day, the symbol of our faith is a crucifix. I mean, it is a a, a man fixated to a piece of wood, and that is the symbol of our hope, of our faith. And so, you know, our suffering, we have to be worthy of our own suffering and God can make something out of that for us. But um, how did faith contribute to Catholic school success in all of this?
1: I was tested tremendously and, and, and the faith universally was what, uh, led us to, uh, Successfully prevail uh, in a in a state um, uh, that was not interested, frankly, in uh, uh, permitting schools uh, that were not of of of, of the public disposition, uh, non public schools and faith uh, based schools to um, uh, to 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 uh, reopen. Uh, under uh, all public health guidance, and in, in advance of of of, of other schools, uh, a state that deprived and sought to per, uh, deprive um, uh, non-public schools from uh, public resources to help stem the tide of a public um, health emergency and a virus that didn't uh, it wasn't interested in your faith, wasn't interested in your color, wasn't interested in your in your wealth. It saw no boundaries. Yet, boy, um, uh, some of our public policymakers certainly wanted to draw lines. Um, it, you know, it, it's what got us to uh, to 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 advocate successfully for um, a return to in-person uh, instruction because we knew that was what was best for kids. Um, it's what is it's faith that led to uh, prevailing on ensuring that our teachers and our principals uh, received uh, the same level of, of, of access to vaccine when it was available for all teachers in public schools. Um, it was the advocacy, the faith and the advocacy that led to um, us having access to public other public resources like the PPP loan program and PPE and all those those things right. that we had to... Go out and and demand for our communities. Um, faith led us there, but faith was tested within our own communities. Whether it was masking or distancing, um, we as a, as 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 Catholic schools, we believe fundamentally in um, in in local decision making. Uh, we believe in, um, uh, in 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 a decentralized approach towards um, uh, formation of young people, because we believe that these are communities of faith and not vertically aligned bureaucracies. And we ran into so many um, issues within our own community around um, decisions that were being made by public health authorities that uh, we, as institutions, as, as 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 we are called on by our canons, by we are called on by. Um, our our Holy Father, uh, that we are going to cooperate and lean into uh, civil authorities, yet we were also advocating for those parents and and those communities that wanted to uh, ensure that their children were receiving in-person instruction uh, in in ways that were going to um, uh, uh, meet all of the students' Uh, where they are at. and so we were oftentimes John Yumi, our colleagues uh, in the middle of physically sometimes in the middle of those disputes of those debates and having to accompany all of these disparate communities and stakeholders um, in the name of uh, of the kids who we are entrusted to serve um, i I'm often struck by the, the 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 notion of folks who say well, We're all in this boat together. Well, the truth is, is that we weren't all in the same boat together. We were in the same storm together, but some people had better boats than others. Some people were (laughs) privileged enough to have opportunities to resources and the things that other people didn't. And you know, I'm 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 struck by the, the 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 challenge that our ministry continues. To, to face. And we as Catholic school leaders continue to lean into spaces. And that is to advocate for our poorest children, our poorest families. The founding of our ministry is can be found in the face of the immigrant, face of the poor. Um, and during That's the true. pandemic, it was faith that led those families who had very little to sustain losses of grandparents of parents of uncles and aunts and cousins the the catholic family unit was 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 encroached upon and it was it was it was it was threatened by a public health emergency faith is what we all leaned into but in particular those who had the very least and who gave up the most it's those children who continue to suffer with the losses of life the losses of 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 uh, of academic performance that so many others had enjoyed even within our own ministry and we have to be honest about that we have to be truthful about that because Christ calls us to 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 be preferential to those who have the least so in right. our archdiocese we are prioritizing those schools and those children who were uh, who suffered the most with losses across the board, uh, and ensuring that those children have the opportunity to have access to to curriculum and to that 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 catch up opportunity that they need in reading and math. But ultimately, faith prevailed here, John. It really did, and we can see that in the numbers, just as you pointed out.
0: Uh, you know, I'll say amen to that, my brother. And I'll, I'll tell you something. I've often professed, Paul, that. Uh, as I get older, faith, the lens of my Catholic faith is that that view that helps me make sense of a world gone crazy sometimes. <laughs> it's, it's the only way I can make sense out of most things in the world is through my faith. And, and when times get hard to lean on that same faith, to make the right decisions, and I love the way you said it, you know, for the good of our kids, you know it was always the good of our kids as our point of reference in decision making and strategizing and if we can do that uh with integrity and, and commitment to that same faith we can sleep at night and we're going to kind of wrap up here paul i told you 20 minutes was going to go really fast and it has. it has um you know my work you know deals with nca rise uh, nca's family of of assessments and i think it's you know it's it's a critical time for us to assess. We talk about a loss of formation, a loss of community. Well, as we continue to trickle back into churches, let's face it, um, what is the state of our Catholic school communities, the health and vitality of those communities? How are we doing on uh, transmitting the faith to the next generation after this uh this incredible lapse that we all experienced and maybe just a word about just, you know, why is it important to assess the, you know, both just yes, the head, like you said, it's not just a cognitive exercise, but also the heart. Um, just maybe a, a comment on that.
1: Yeah. We, we need to know we, we're, in, we're in a data rich environment and, and, and we have figured out a way to assess, you know, virtually everything in our world. Well uh, you know, there, there is this great blessing of of technology that God has bestowed upon us and given us the the ability to uh, understand how to discern information, including that of of of, uh, of of faith and and knowledge of faith, but also practice of faith. And this is not just a quali- quantitative exercise; it's a qualitative exercise. But what I think it, it what it what it yeah. provides us it provides everyone, whether you're uh, a, a clergy and religious or a, a lay person. Uh, or a parent is to really assess as the dust is settled and we're moving forward and we're pushing forward, where, where are we? Well, it's no different than, than getting a compass and, and, and and understanding exactly where we stand uh, in the world and and direction that we're going in. And I think Mm -hmm. that that level of assessment is necessary in order to understand how we are going to replenish the soul, how we are going to evangelize, to this generation that is activated in exciting ways, it's a great moment for our church if we're willing to step into some territory here, generationally. And every generation has 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 had to confront a younger generation. We weren't we we're not that old, John, but it wasn't that long ago when we were the young bucks out there. I know, and I was and cool. Looked, I
0: was, I was cool at one time too, believe it or not.
1: I was never cool. <laughs> I'm still, I'm still trying to be cool. I don't know, you're pretty, pretty cool to me. Very cool. <laughs> I, I believe it is a renaissance moment for our church. And in this renaissance, we, in order to, to really operationalize that, in order to, to capture that moment, we need to assess it. We need to assess where our kids are at, where our ministers are at, where our families are at. So that way we can start to begin to understand how to recover and, and and switch into this great moment of renaissance, evangelizing our faith and activating a whole new generation of kids um, who want to change the world and have tools we didn't have to do it. And so this generation can be our greatest gift if we are willing to uh, relinquish the trappings of that temporal moment, and not let it become a self-fulfilling prophecy. This doesn't have to be the go, going, going, gone generation, as so many within, so many in our church believe that we, we're 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 not going to we're not going to be relevant to this younger generation that has been secularized to a point that they're convinced that they themselves can be gods and that there that there is no god. And we not only reject that on its face. But the power of our community and our ministry can be the proof to this generation that together, in Christ's love, we can push back on the notion that our best days are behind us and not in front of us. How depressing is that for kids to to hear and to believe that somehow their futures are going to be less than of their parents and their grandparents? That isn't that isn't American. That's not Catholic that isn't human that is a that is a, a an antithetical belief system that perpetuates currency and profit making in despair and yeah. that is not who we are so our schools are on the front lines of restoring that faith and the only way we start is by assessing where our kids and our communities are at
0: well Mr. Paul Escala, I want to thank you for your experience, your intelligence, your commitment, and most of all your faith as a Catholic educational leader um, it's been it's been great talking with you and I want to also thank the Archdiocese of Los Angeles, the largest school system Catholic school system in the country for using our acre and our IFG um, and using that data to help push, Your ministry forward. I love what you said, Paul. You know, it's, it's, it's grim to think that our kids think somehow, uh, America's best days are behind us. Uh, we've got a bright future and faith is going to illuminate that path for all of us. And I'm excited for that. And as always, Paul, I always give, uh, I always give my guests the last word. You are on, um, you are on the top of Mount Sinai. You have the megaphone. You've got the million watt amp. Um, what would you like to say to
1: our listeners as a as a parting word? Um, our our parting my parting word on this is um, faith uh, is the continuum of the promise of Christ's love to all of us, and when we accept that, um, we we have moved mountains. We will move mountains, yes, uh, and we will. We we will restore the promise um, in the future uh, of uh, within the children who we are entrusted to serve, and so um, that is my belief. That is what gets me up in the morning. Um, that's what um, I continue to pray on. And um, as again, a, a son, a husband, and a father, um, it is the the tritium um, of life that is a blessing and is uh, is the restoration of hope and faith through Christ's love. So that's my last word, John.
0: God bless you, my brother. That was a good word to end on. We want to thank, once again, Paula Scala, superintendent, senior director of Catholic schools for the Archdiocese of Los Angeles for being our guest today. And thank you for listening to this episode of the NCEA Rise podcast. NCEA Rise is our family of religion and community assessments, assisting schools and parishes in the advancement of Catholic identity and mission. To learn more about NCEA Rise, go to www.ncearise.org. God bless all of you for all you do, for all those you serve.